Did you just start the show, Adrian? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was not prepared for that. But uh, here we go. We are back with Win Against Tide. Uh, massive week. Um, if I may touch on the lead up to the show tonight, it's been absolutely hell. <laughs> We've had cords break, so I had to run down to JB Hi-Fi and uh, get us a new USB cable. And we've got one of our microphones out of action tonight, so Joey and I will be sharing a mic. So if you notice some mic sharing between myself and Joseph, uh, that's what's going on. Um, all COVID safe, safe, of course. I'll be wiping the mic down before Joe goes near it. But uh, yeah, yeah, a bit going on. We have a big guest in the studio today, don't we? We do, we do. And he's actually, <laughs> Joey's doing the drum roll. He's actually been involved in catching one of the uh, longest fish at Liberty that we've ever heard of. So welcome, Ryan Gazzola. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Now, um, it's been a big week or so for yourself. Um, so we, we'll just sort of uh, take, take ourselves back and uh, we're going to talk about your fishing trip that you had. A, when was it? About Saturday. Last Saturday? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Because it was Father's Day when <laughs> yeah. all the uh, tuna retrieval went down. But, um, so yourself and how many friends? Uh, two, uh, so me and two others. Yep. So you went out of uh, San Remo, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So chasing the big bluefin. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us a quick little trip report? Tell us exactly how it went down. Where, oh. where did you actually start your day? Like, what made you want to go to do this trip? Oh, well, on the mon- oh, Sunday, it was my mate's birthday, so we went to Complete Angler and got a few rods, um, some barrel rods. And yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of rods? Oh, what was it? It was a Tiagra, a T-curve or something like that. So you literally just went to a tackle shop and go, look, I want to chase some barrels. Yeah. Give us some rods. Yeah, And basically. you just said, yep, I'll grab what you're telling me. Yeah, basically... And then, of course, the Tiagra 50, that's like I knew to go in there and grab that. And then, yeah, we did that. We spent, oh, $1,500 or something online and everything. <laughs> Bloody hell. And, yeah. Good birthday presents. Yeah. And then on Friday, we, we decided, oh, let's do it all over again. Let's just go, go off and buy another, another outfit, more lures and everything and, um, from so, Complete Angler, yeah, Dandenong. Yeah. And then I'll get a little plug in there, will you? <laughs> Sponoed. <Yeah. laughs> yep. And then, um, and then, yeah, last minute we thought, let's go for barrels tomorrow. So we went down to Phillip Island. Oh, yeah? And, yeah, because that's where the boat is. And we're like, we'll do it tomorrow. And, yeah, so we got ready. So whose boat was it? Um, my mate Jack, yep. he, his dad. So oh, yeah? Yeah, he lets us take it out all the time. So Good dad. Yeah. So this boat's on uh, Phillip Island, is it? Yeah. So you drove down to New Haven and... Just go, oh, we'll go out the eastern entrance and go yeah. for a barrel. Yeah, basically. So yeah, well, all that happened and we're like, let's do it. <laughs> Seven o'clock happened and we're like, no, nah, I can't be bothered, all this. Jo- Joey wants to know what you packed for lunch. You packed a lunch? I pack- <laughs> Actually, no. One of the blokes that come up on the Saturday, uh, Max, he decided to get chips and everything last <laughs> <Just> minute. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Joe, Joe's not happy. <laughs> Hey, well, do you want to turn to the mic at any point here, Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tap me when you want to talk, yeah, mate. Yeah, okay. You want to turn? <laughs> That's all right. Keep going. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we'll, 
Yes, sorry, mate. Yep. And, uh, and then, um, yes, yeah, so we went out the eastern entrance and we followed that line all the way to Flinders. We found two two bird schools, nothing major on them or anything, just bait. So when you went out the eastern entrance, did you just decide, oh, let's just head west? Yeah. That was your decision? Yeah, because one of the blokes that I work with, uh, Luke, he's like, oh, there's fish off... Um, Cape Shank at the moment in 40 to 70 metres. I'm like, yeah, sweet, all right. That's a, big, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot of water between yeah. 40 and 70 metres. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, we'll just go that, that way and see what we find behind, like all through there and stuff around Flinders and Flinders Bank in there. And so, so tell us your history on tuna fishing. Have you caught many tuna before this day? Yeah, so last last Portland for Sharkman, um, I yeah I went out a few or oh, maybe eight to ten times and yeah I chased the schoolies in Portland. So you've been so, deckhanding for one of the local fishing charter boats. Yeah, down, shark, down at Portland. Yep. Yeah, Sharkman fishing charters. I've been yeah decking for there for a year and I did my first Portland season last year. Awesome. And um yeah, so I was familiar with tuna, just not barrels. Yeah, so. yeah. So safe to say you're very keen fisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very very keen. Awesome. So, um, where were we at with the story? All right. So, we went out the eastern entrance. And he's headed towards uh, Cape Shank because that's what he's uh, been told. Now, I think you ended up down at Port Phillip Heads, didn't you, at one point? So, what's that, Adrian? That's got to be... Oh, from from San Remo. That's a long way. That's about... 80K? Yeah, 80, 90K or something. Something like that. Yeah. So, big run. Yeah. So, you went down there. Is that where you, you caught, you hooked your fish or...? Oh, so we went there and, like... Yeah, like I heard of reports and stuff, like in 70 metres, my mate Damien, he gave me a ring, goes, get to 70 metres if you want to get is a this, fish. Is this um, Captain Cooked, is yeah, it? Captain yeah, Cooked. Yeah, Captain Cooked. He, Damo, he, the seaman man. Yes, yeah, he, he likes lots of seamen and lots of rags. Yeah. <laughs> People won't understand what you're saying, Adrian. But oh, yeah, Damien he does. He the boat washing, uh, what is it, brand that uh, washes salt away off your boats. And, he does. You've yeah. you got to tell people these things, not just make jokes about <laughs> semen. <laughs> it's called semen marine, people. Yeah. Anyway, Damo actually sent us a bunch of semen in he the did. mail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other day. So uh, thanks, Damo. Um, yeah, sorry, Ryan. I keep interrupting your story. No, all good. Um, yeah, so we got off the rip in oh, 60 metres, 70 metres. Like, There's nothing here. I like, let's turn around and... We've all, we've all like, we're just like, what a waste of this time this was and all this stuff. And like, we're all getting grumpy <laughs> so you, with so each other. So you're death spiraling, basically. That's yeah. when you start getting grumpy to each other and go, oh, fuck this, let's go home. And <laughs> yeah, literally, like, one of the max, he was like, oh, I've had enough of this. Like, I'm going home tonight, all this all, and all that. Like, we're going to go Sunday as well. Classic max. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what happened? Like, 15 minutes later, Max is like, what's that over there? Yeah. Like, Whereabouts he goes off to the right. I'm like, I look there, two o'clock, and yeah, <laughs> two o'clock. There was, yeah, two and massive, like just work like a zoo. up and yeah, zoo. Just, oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. Every mammal, that, and, every mammal in the ocean, and every flying thing that can possibly see some pilchards down there, that was there. Yeah, basically, stuff you want to see, basically. Yeah, and like I saw, like all I could see was the gannets just flying around at the time, and I'm like, oh, they're not doing much. I was waiting for them to double back. And then one double back, another one did, and then just one dove, two, three, and I might like, get them out, get them out. So you, you're put, you're on behind the wheel, or you're putting the spread out? What's nah, going on here? No, nah, I'm putting the spread out. Jack's on the wheel, so yeah, um, yeah. So we we get the spread out, spreader bar, everything. The last rod, I was confused on where I wanted to put it, whether I wanted to put it in. Yeah. So 
Um, so you, you got four rods out already, and then you're putting the fifth rod out? No, nah, no, nah, we only had um, no, nah, we only had four out. We four only had rod three, spread. three. Yeah, we had three at the time, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna chuck this here, like heck, it'll do. Yep. And 30 seconds later, I turned my <laughs> head. I had turned my head to see where the birds are. They're above us. I looked down. And you still got the rod in your hand, do you? No, nah, no, nah, the rod's in the rod holder. And oh, just yeah, and all hell broke loose after that. They, it was just. Took off like a rocket. I'm like, oh, this is a big one. This, but like, it was a bit scary because there was seals and everything around. I wasn't sure for the first couple of hours what it was. So, so Ryan, who jumped on the rod once it once it uh, <laughs> took off? Ah, uh, so, well, I was pretty fast to get over there because we were talking about the day before who's on the rod, who's on this. I go, mate, don't worry about it. Like, it, it's going to be rare if we hook up. So we all said, no, nah, you're on the rod if it goes off. My yeah, no worries. All through like tuna fishing before and like all that experience, and he's like, yeah. So it was an easy decision. Yeah, like as soon as it took off, I was I was standing there. Come on, Joey. He, he put all the hard work in. He's gone to the tackle shop. He's bought the rods. He's bought the lures. He's rigged them up himself, and he's called the trip, haven't you? Yeah, basically. So oh, and, and then he's used his mate for his boat. Basically, <laughs> look, I'm just like when I when I go fishing, I just try and time it that it's only just me and Dave. And well, someone's got to drive the boat. So, <laughs> ah, so as soon as you find out Dave is bringing one of his brothers, you go, "Oh, I got some uh, auctions this weekend. I can't come." <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> oh, Joey. Yeah. So you're on the rod. Yeah. So yeah, like I took off out of the rod in the rod holder. I was like, "Yep, here we go." I'm just I'm just saying, like, get the, all the other rods in, get all of them in. I'm standing there just. Just with this rod, just making sure nothing happened. Like we had no lanyards or anything. It was that's how last <laughs> minute it, it was. Did it dump a lot of line on its first run? The first run took, I reckon, about three hundred to three hundred and fifty meters of line. Like, it, oh, it massive. Did, did you have braid backing on your Tiagra, or was it just all just mono? Nah, just all mono, thirty-seven kilos. Alright. But like at the tackle shop the day before on the, the Friday, I was like, mate, if, if this thing takes hundred more than one hundred and fifty meters on its first run, I'm walking away from the rod. Like I don't want to deal with it. And this thing took 350. Uh, and hang on, Ryan. We've got, we've got a little bit of inside word what happened with this uh, hookup here because I believe it, it's probably your, your guys' first barrel and it's really exciting. But you guys were quick to jump on social media grabbing your phones out. And do you want to tell us what could have almost not happened? Oh, uh, so yeah, well, the rod's off and I've got my, I'm like, oh, I've got to get a video of this because this is sick. Like, it doesn't happen very often, <laughs> local especially. So I'm on my phone videoing it. And this fish just started coming kind of towards the boat, so I had to whine real fast. Yeah. I'm like, drive, drive. And what I've actually done is I've hit the drag off strike all the way into just about free spool. So it was about <laughs> two kilos of drag, if that. And it was, and it was backing up like a bird's nest. So it's going. made a new sound. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like it was, oh, it was. Instead very, of, rawr, it's going. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a mic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Hope you enjoyed your turn of my microphone there. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we're, sure, we're sharing <laughs> Yeah, I did see that on social media. You nearly birds nested it and uh, yeah. would have been game over. Oh, straight away. Like, I was pretty pretty quick to put my hand on the spool when that happened. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just put my yeah. hand on the spool for some reason. And then I realised straight away, oh, shit, I've hit this, the drag down. Yeah. I've got to put it back up to strike. Put it back up to strike. And this fish started coming towards us, and I'm like, "No, nah, it's all over. Like, it's all over. Like, I didn't realize it was coming towards us. Yeah. And I'm like, drive, drive, drive. And he's driving, driving, driving. 
And then just all of a sudden, like after five seconds of going 35 kilometers, I think he was going. Shit, that's yep. quick. <laughs> and finally, we we got tired again. Yeah, it's, that, uh, so it's nerve wracking because sometimes that happens and you drive and you're like, is it still on? It's still on. And then you see the lure flapping around behind the boat on the surface and you know you've lost your fish. So, yeah. hey, Joe, have a turn. So, so Ryan, did, did, so you've almost hit it in, into freeze pool and it's almost bird nested. Were you able to, uh, make the bird's nest get get back to normal or did you just end up winding on top of the bird's nest? No, I was actually really lucky that once it did the bird's nest and then like I started winding, I only got 10 metres on it or whatever and then he started driving and like instantly that all that line went out. Like it wasn't too bad, like it was a bit loose but like it wasn't a massive bird's nest which we're very lucky with because if it was bad, it would have just busted straight away. So Yeah, yeah. So, so this fight... Dragged on for quite a time. I believe it was almost four hours. Is that right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, four hours, or maybe even more. And, and I, I believe you, you, your boys were giving you a bit of slack because they reckon you weren't strong enough. You had to put the rod in the gunnel to have a little bit of a break. Is that right? Oh uh, well, I guess I can say that. But <laughs> no, nah, so we got up to the boat after three hours for the or maybe two hours for the first time. Where like for the first two hours, I thought, no, nah, this is seal. Like I wasn't confident. And then finally, for I saw, two hours, you thought it was yeah, seal. yeah. Because like, every time I come up to yeah. the surface, there was always a seal like above it. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, this this isn't right. This isn't right. And then yeah, two hours, it come next to the boat, and I'm like, yeah, I see what it is now. So having what, had our fair share of seals, they don't go for two hours. I can tell you, that. <laughs> they definitely don't. <laughs> if you were to hook them, not that we do. Yeah. <laughs> Look, don't hook mammals, okay? No. <laughs> it's the last thing so, you wanted. So you got it on the side of the boat. How did the end game go? You got gaffs in it or what happened? Oh, well, the first time it come next to the boat is when, yeah, like you're saying, that I had to put in the rod holder because, like, yeah, my mates were saying, as soon as it's near the boat, you gotta, you can't be harnessed up anymore. you gotta, you got to undo everything. So I did that and took all the gimbal and everything off because I thought, no, I'm going to have to give him a hand. And he gets it up and he's like, oh, hold the rod, hold the rod. I'm like, oh, no, what's this? And then all of a sudden just just took off again. I'm like, oh, here we go. And I was like, no, nah, it's all right. It'll come closer to the boat again. And then it dumped about 80 metres of line. Yep. I'm like, nah, I need the gimbal back. So I had to put it in the rod holder, put the gimbal back on all by myself. And yeah, that's when they decided to take the piss out of me for a bit that, <laughs> I, that I had the, um, the rod in the gimbal, uh, in the rod holder. They weren't call, they were calling you a woman, I think. Yeah, they were, yeah there's a few words getting thrown around. I was like, oh, yeah, two hours and... Well, they've done is stood there. There's plenty of chicks that get barrels in closer than four hours, Adrian. Well, this this <laughs> thing was a, a brute of a fish. What, how much did it go? Because you got it on the boat and you ended up getting it weighed. Yeah, so 135.4 kilos he, he went. Here it is. Jeez. Yeah, right. That and is so we, a beast of a fish. We've got a photo up here. Um, so this is, from this point onwards, you'd think the story is over, but this is where it actually becomes super interesting because what did you notice when you caught this fish? It had an appendage. It was wearing some jewellery, am I right? Yeah, so like we got in the boat after, after the four hours, like slapped on the ground and we're cheering, cheering. And I looked down at my feet to like, because it was on my feet, like I was like, oh, get off my feet. Yep. <laughs> and I looked, I looked down and there's just this tag hanging out. Yep. I'm like, what, what colour is this? This isn't yellow. <laughs> yep. It was an orange one. Have you ever seen, oh. have you ever had a tag experience before? Because I believe you've actually recaptured a fish before. Yeah, right? I, I, yeah, I caught a tag Mulloway in Patterson River about oh, 
Two years, two years ago, maybe. So you really? kissed, you kissed on the dick for recaptors. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. And oh wow! <laughs> oh, he's lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, then, yeah, yeah. That, that, so, so it was out of the ordinary. It yeah. was an orange one. And when you said to, I think you messaged us, Adrian or something. Well, what happens is his old, his stepdad is a big wind against tighter. He listens to us religiously. Yep. How often does your stepdad listen to us? Uh, whenever we go, like whenever he's driving to work every Monday to Friday, it's always on. Whenever we've got to go to family gatherings or whatever, it's always on. Yeah, like right. Every time I'm in that car, it's on. Oh, well, good on him. What's yeah. your dad's name, by the way? Uh, ben. Ben. Thanks very much, That's his ben. stepdad, not, not dad. Okay, sorry. Um, but, yeah, so he, he's told Ryan, you've got to message the Wind Against Tide boys because they're best mates with a fishy... Officer down in Tassie. Yep, Jonah. <laughs> yeah. And so he's messaged us, and I saw this really early in the morning because I get up quite early, and I'm like, holy shit, this is something significant here. I'm going to send it to Jonah, and Jonah's uh, got heaps of mates in Syro, Hobart as well, and he's forwarded that on, and it all moved really quick, didn't it? Yeah, it was like, oh, it was such a surprise, like just to get a barrel. Uh, from local and then yeah this bar- this tag was in it I was like oh what's happening here this is crazy and then yeah yep. like you said orange orange tag it's, and oh just so, all so from there when we showed Jonah he got very excited he did because these orange tags well, were really he didn't he didn't even tell us the significance of the tag he goes there's two tags that were done back then that said Hobart Syro on him and one of them's greater than the other but they're both pretty significant and we didn't know what colour the tag was because I think I asked you for a photo and you didn't send a photo. And how I actually got a photo was Andrew Page. Right. I called Andrew. I go, hey, Andrew, you were weighing this fish. What colour was the tag? He goes, oh, I think it was orange. I go, oh, orange, really? Okay. And I relayed that message back onto Jonah yep. and Jonah's just frothing. He's like, oh, my goodness, this is the ultimate tag. Yes. He's like, oh, you, you need to get... You need to get that head. I'm like, oh, really? So I, I actually called Ryan and go, where's the head? Do you have the head? And you're like, no, it's in the bin at uh, Hastings. So this is where it got really, <laughs> really dicey because I had a bit of an inclination um, that I wasn't going to make it to the boat ramp in time to get this head. So I've called Dave and I said, Dave, can you please go down to Hastings and guard this fish? I need it. Yeah, well, here was, here was me enjoying my first Father's Day with the family. Yeah. And Adrian calls me up to go dumpster diving for a buddy bluefin frame. So I was actually on the way back from, from Father's Day brunch and you called me and you're like, Dave, we've got to get there, get this fish out of the bin before the, the rubbish truck comes and steals it. Um, so I went straight there and lucky I did because the rubbish truck literally pulled in behind me. So another two minutes, you wouldn't have got there before they took this fish. Oh, Goodness, no. Um, and apparently this fish is so significant that um, the guys from Syro would have actually gone inscabbing through the uh, tip to try and find it. It's actually true because she would have. Um, so, yeah, I've got a bit of a clip here of um, just how close we were to missing out on that fish. Here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> there's some tuna in this rubbish bin right now. There, and Dave's, the Dave's got the 135 out of the bin Dave's and he's just beat the bin man. Someone's nibbled it at Ted already, by the way. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so the funny thing was there was, I think, three weighed that day before. Two yep. of the other ones were from our friend Nigel. And I actually called him. I said, Are you, did you put the heads of your tuna in the bins at Hastings? He goes, yeah. I'm like, damn it. How am I going to know what's what? And he goes, oh, no, you'll know because we cut the heads off our one with a recip saw. Yeah. So straight up I went to the bins, had a look, and there was two that had clean cut at the back of the head. And I found that this other one, Ryan's fish, with the frame still in, in the other bin. And half a face missing too, don't forget that. Yeah, it had been through the wars. You stealing my mic, Joe? Yeah, so I'm like a big to ask the question. So so why the head? What what was the golden precious okay. treasure? Okay, so the, the orange tag is very significant, more significant than the others, Joey, because um, there's actually a chemical element injected into these fish called strontium chloride. And this strontium chloride is like a dye. So they inject it into the fish, and what it does is it leaves a dye around the otolith. So as fish grow, the otolith gets bigger, and, and the outer... Oh, well, well, slow down, Batman scientist. Yeah. <laughs> What's an otolith for people that are not familiar with that? So an otolith is um, an ear bone that every fish has, and it helps them balance and hear things and... Yeah, it's just, it's just a coordination thing that helps them get through the ocean. Yep. And, and what scientists collect these ear bones for is because it can give them great information about how old a particular fish is. And it can also tell which area in the world it's actually been spent most of its uh, life cycle in because um, the otoliths have different elements on them and stuff and every ocean has different uh, grades of elements in them. So they can say, oh, this tuna's lived in the uh, Pacific Ocean or this tuna's lived here because it's got more of this so, kind of element. So this it. magic tag's got some kind of chemical that went into it? Yeah, strontium it chloride. Yep. And that dyes the outside of the, uh, the otolith. Yep. And that, the outside becomes a ring inside. So now it, now it acts as a day dot point. Hello. Hey. It wasn't the tag that had the dye in it. It was they injected it. They injected the fish with this strontium chloride. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happened, Adrian or Ryan or someone? (laughs) Well, what happened is this scientist um, contacted us like immediately and said, I'm coming to cut this fish's head open to collect these otoliths because there's 30 years of data on this actual ear bone. So they've flown out, they've booked a flight before we'd even got the frame back again and they've flown out from Tassie and you've, uh, you've stored the fish head in your freezer at work, which now stinks like tuna still. It does. The whole factory stinks like tuna. Did you get a whiff of tuna here when you walked in? Oh, uh, no, nah, not really. Well, yeah, that, it was at my house. It was that nostalgic smell that you get when you pull up the Portland boat ramp after you've driven all night. You know that one? <laughs> yes, it certainly the, is. The manky tuna well, Whenever we clean tuna in this factory, it kind of lingers for a week or two and then it just dissipates and you're good again. Yeah. So we're in like a commercial set of factories here. So quite often we'll be driving around with tuna hanging off a forklift and everyone else is driving through doing their normal day-to-day business looking at us like lunatics. <laughs> which we actually are. Yeah, so the scientists came, Dave, and... Um, yeah, I've got a photo of you. Oh, uh, do you? Up here being a citizen scientist, actually. There you are. There you are, using the uh, standard scientific implement of a sabre saw. Yeah, so here it is. I'm cutting it, cutting into it here, 
And, um, yeah, just slicing half its head off to get to the brain level. And um, so you've got to basically slice half its head off to get to the brain area. And um, then she basically dissects this fish to get these little ear bones out. And they're very important to her. So very cool. So um, did we explain that that fish is probably about 30 years old? Yeah, so this fish was initially tagged in Esperance, WA, in 1993. Wow. How does that feel, Ryan? That fish, way older than you are. Oh, yeah, by a mile. Yeah. So (laughs) how how old are you, by the way, Ryan, just for some reference? Uh, 17. So it's basically double your age, this fish. Yeah. <laughs> Too much maths. <laughs> Too much maths for it. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry, so so let me get this straight. So the the dye in the which formed around the otolith, yep. the scientist was able to uh, take out that otolith and by by the, the dye stains figure out how old the fish was well, they on the can, ear bone. What they can do is they know the fish was uh, originally caught when it was about one to two years old because it was estimated about that. It was about six kilo, right? And so that starts as a, a day dot point where it starts as new history because there's a die line. And then they can gradually see if there's 30 annual lines um, that can line up with our annual years. That's fascinating. It really is. <laughs> Hello, I'm back. You're back. All right. Yeah, so, so I've actually got a video of um, one of the otoliths getting removed here. I don't know if you want to see this, guys, because here she is with her forceps. She's digging around in the brain mush. Yeah. Now, so the interesting he- thing, this is this huge fish, 135 kilo, but in comparison to something like a mulloway, these otoliths or ear bones are actually minute, so quite a hard task to extract them, I imagine. Yeah. And then an even harder task to be able to view the uh, growth rings. Yeah, so they basically slice them. How do they slice them? Vertically or? Yeah, so they, they slice them, yeah, yeah, so horizontally, would yeah. they? Yeah, And then I think Joe already explained this, didn't he? Yeah. We, they count the growth rings basically to get the age of the fish. Yeah. So this fish, because it was tagged at about one years old, should have that dye on their first growth yeah, ring. should be in the inner circle. And then they'll be able to count from there. But we already know that it's, what, did we say 29, 30 years old, whatever it was? Yeah, exactly, yep. So, it, well, it's been 29 years at Liberty. So yeah. that is basically a record for um, a recapture in Australian waters that we know of. What do you think about that? Uh, crazy. Like, <laughs> to catch, yeah, like I said, to catch the barrel... Local, it went 135 for the first one and then yeah. to have that orange tag and then to find out that the longest fish in what was it, Liberty or something. Yeah, longest fish at Liberty, yeah. Uh, in Australian history or... Yeah, well, so. that's the, that we know of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically with the otolith, the, the rings are like a tree. So you get annual um, rings around like a tree does and that's how you age. It's very similar. Yeah. Um, so... We will follow that with interest because obviously um, Adrian's scientist lady friend, what was her name again, sorry? Her name was Dr, no, I don't know if she's a doctor, but Naomi from Syro Hobart. That's right. So Naomi, because she's being able to secure the frame and everything, 
and now extract way more information than she would have otherwise. So we're, we're going to learn a whole heap from that fish into the future and um, hopefully uh, it'll help the fishery. Well, absolutely. That's the plan. And they've got 30 years of data. And when they were taking these fish in the early 90s, these fish were, I think the stock levels were under 10%. Can you believe that or not? Yeah, no, they, they, really, they collapsed uh, quite significantly, particularly around that period of time. And, so. and I've actually got a, quite a bit of information on this because in, in the 90s they, did a, they ran a tagging program between 91 and 93. And right. they, I believe they tagged a couple hundred thousand of these fish on the Australian bite. And uh, I've got some data where they actually received 9% recaptures back. And of those, really? Yeah. Oh, that, that's high. Yeah, so... Low biomass. Yeah. Right. Well, at that time there was a low biomass because yep. it was under 10%. Um, yeah. yeah, and of those 9% that got recaptured, they were able to get about 65% of the heads back to examine the otoliths. Yeah, right. And this one's been at liberty for 29 years since that program in the early 90s. She escaped the mesh. She, she escaped the net and survived a long time, swimming around there in the oceans. So Ripoff Records is asking me a question. From the tree rings, can you determine what the weather was like um, which is total nurture. That's what he's saying. Um, actually, you can because the, the growth rings become quite smaller or bigger apart depending on the type of uh, weather that these fish have been in due to the water temperatures. So Really? Yes. Crazy. Yep. Yeah, he's been having a crack at us, old <laughs> rip-off. He's been niggling <laughs> us. I've been reading it. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> a big shout-out also to uh, You Fish TV there, Brendan Wing, who's currently on a mega road trip up the coast just driving on his own. And apparently he was keen for us to go live because we're going to keep him awake as he drives into the night. Um, yes, Joe? <laughs> Joey's got something to say. What do you got to say, No, Joe? I just want to do a shout-out to Benny Wang, who's driving all the way up to Sydney, New South Wales, or th- thereabouts. And uh, I just... Stevens. Port Stevens is he going, right? <laughs> cool. Look, I just... I, I know he'll be stopping at a McDonald's somewhere along the way. <laughs> For a McFlurry. No, no. He, Brendan actually has trained me. He's trained me how to order McDonald's desserts perfectly. Um, this is a Brendan Wing-ism. You order a coffee frappe. And gets it, get this. This is where my mind is blown. You don't have it with whipped cream. You get the whipped cream substituted out of the coffee frappe and you ask them to put ice cream. Oh, shit. Wow. Well, really Joey, that's a tangent of, of you again, Joey. Yeah, I'm just going to... I don't think I'll give him the mic back. <laughs> Until he's now, got... Because Joey does want to talk about some stuff later on. So, and Ryan... there's a couple of shout-outs to uh, the crumb. Yeah, the crumb. Where's the crumb come from? Uh, Captain Cook... <laughs> He's given you that nickname. Yeah. Why? You don't know? Nah. <laughs> I guess out of nowhere, a few nicknames come up. There was oh, Crumb, Crumpet, Cupcake. Is this because you're a, a crumb in footy? Like, do you play footy? Yeah. And are you a crummer? Uh, I was when that nickname got given to me. But, <laughs> okay. but no, nah, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Marlon Blackford's on there actually. Giving you some stick. Oh, nah, no, he's calling you a barrel hero. I'll take that. How does that feel coming from a from a TV superstar like like Marlon? 
Oh, yeah, he's been on a couple of TV channels, hasn't he? He's fished with uh, PW, he's fished with... Uh, is he fished with Reedy's? He's fished yeah, with... Yeah, yeah. And his dad's a bit of a mega star too. Yeah, Blackie. Bit of a star family, that one. Yep, so he's actually... If you go on Nepean Highway, there's a big picture of Blackie on the Complete <laughs> Angler um, on Nepean Highway there. Is there? Yes. People... People might uh, remember Blackie from back in uh, Fish TV Silvers. days, but he's actually just one of those freakish... He shows, um, always catching, he wins a lot of the snapper competitions um, and yeah, he's just always amongst the fish. Whatever he tries to catch, he seems to excel at, so good on him. He certainly does. Now, uh, we want to run through a... Well, yeah, we'll just quickly wrap up that tuna quickly. Yeah, so yeah. we're waiting on results for these other lifts to get um, yep. analysed and then we'll know exactly how old this fish is. And it's estimated to be between 30 and 31 that we know of. So we'll know yeah. very soon. It's 29 years at Liberty. And look, I got a shirt for being you do. for number one bin scabbing. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, you certainly can. It's got some chromosomes and some stuff on there that <laughs> we don't understand. But Adrian's really upset because he was the one that got the stinky factory and they gave him no shirts. Well, I believe that, like, there's going to be an article written by Jonah and... Naomi as a combined fisheries slash syro research team and they're going to involve Dave in this and it's going to say, Dave, the bin scab <laughs> saves the day for 30 years of history. I'll take I believe that would be the article. <laughs> All about my bin scabbing yes. techniques. Not, not about uh, lucky angler Ryan Gazzola catching a fish <laughs> of, a, of three decades of, of a century, so... <laughs> <laughs> How is the? Have you have you managed to eat it all yet? You still oh, eating tuna every night? Oh yeah, nah, not really. I got rid of a lot of it, all of it. So oh, I think Jack and Max they ate. They ate a lot. Yeah, you I don't eat tuna. No, I do. I love tuna. I like, like as soon as I caught, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna love eating this. Yeah. And then before you before you knew it. Some was gone, more, 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 more. <laughs> oh, you, I go into the esky and there's none left. I'm like, oh, there better be some in the fridge. So how do you, how do you store this uh, fish? Do you, do you leave it in bags in the fridge or do you lay it on top of the ice in the esky and just chop at it? No, nah, yeah, I just, I just laid it in, uh, on top of ice in the esky. You've learned. Yeah. How did, how did you learn that technique? Uh, it's a good technique. Uh, I don't actually know. Joe? I get, <laughs> right, Ryan, you, you Italian? Yeah, yeah, mate. Creamy cabanara tuna pasta. That's my. Abs- I'm half Italian as well. Absolutely loved it. I introduced uh, tuna cabanara to Dave, and uh, we had a good cook up one day, and we had some like crusty garlic bread, and it was just magnificent. So that's what I recommend. <laughs> Dave, was it really that good? It was actually pretty good, but go. I'll be quite honest with you. There was, was a tiny, tuna. tiny bit of tuna. <laughs> And a lot of cream, and mushroom you know and bacon. We so had I'd to wait a long time for this parsley cook. There's lots of phone calls to the family members. Joey had to get the uh, method right. Look, Joe FaceTimed his mum and got all the cooking instructions. <laughs> I didn't want to go that far, Dave, but he, he did FaceTime his mum to cook a... He put a spread on for us, basically. Look, you've got abundance of cream, bacon, mushroom. <laughs> it's, how can it not taste good? And then, like, little slithers of tuna. I didn't want to overdo it. I just I did, didn't want to overdo it. I didn't want it to be like, you know, hunks of tuna. Like, it's <laughs> got to be, like, very fine and delicate. You know, you got to... You, know, get you want it like, moist. It's like it's like Manu Fidel, you know. It's all about the sauce. <laughs> 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 Shit. 
Gotta have the sauce right, you know? <laughs> uh, so, Joey, I believe you did a bit of fishing this week. Do you want to tell us what you've done? Oh, look, I've, I've been getting the, the itch. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a real estate agent during, during the day. And, look, I've had some really amazing barrel fishing with uh, these wonderful boys here. But um, I've had some time uh, restrictions lately, and I've just been getting around uh, – VR fish, um, they've been releasing the Stonker Metropolitan Trout. So a Stonker Trout is a trout over four kilos. Yeah. And there's this, uh, been this amazing program where they've released all these huge trout in all the metropolitan lakes. And um, I've been messaging uh, Winger, who's been all, all over all of these large trout. It, it, it's funny, he, he's told me his mind is completely occupied about how to catch big trout. Yeah, and how do you go about catching big trout? <laughs> because these are these are stock trout, Joey. Well, according to well, it, it, it's evolved since when we first started talking about it. Once we first started talking about it, he said, oh, "I need power bait." He sent <laughs> through a message at like midnight to our group chat. He goes, "I need power bait," <laughs> and it's like, "Why?" And apparently. They get fed power bait when they're stocked. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. But <laughs> and how many trout did you catch on power bait? You got a tally there? Well, so we'll fast forward the story yeah. to... So Brendan, the fantastic fishing mind he is, goes into full hard analytics about what would be the best way to catch a big trout in the smallest amount of time. And um, when I caught up with him Sunday, he was there with his son Finn, and Finn explained to me that him and Dad had worked out that um, 60 trout got released into Casey Fields Lake in Cranbourne, which yeah. is the smallest out of all the metropolitan lakes. So their chances per square metre to catch a big trout was far greater than the other <laughs> larger surface area lakes. So he's done some mathematics to enhance his chances of catching one of these rainbow stocked trout. Yeah, it seems like a... Now, Pretty sound. Yeah, we got, we got some footage of you fishing here, Joey. So we're going to play it here. Yeah, yeah. Looking here we are. And what do we have here in the wild? We have ourselves a wild jogi. So today we're going to fishing with the male species of the variety of the male jogi. As you can see, it's got quite an uncoordinated gait, and it flaps and flops. What appears to be a primitive type stick with a rope attached, possibly made of human hair. There it is in its natural environment, most likely. Standing on a tripod. <laughs> yes, there it is. If you're very, very careful, you may see it fall in and drown in its own juices. <laughs> Hello. See if we can attract, attract it with a uh, with a mating call. <laughs> oh shit! Yes, it worked. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's Winger with his best David Attenborough there. So yeah, no, I, I went the full hog. I met. Brendan and Finn down at Casey Fields on Sunday afternoon. I brought my waders um, after hearing Brendan almost drowned in the reeds. I decided to bring my waders and wade past the reeds to get like a nice primo spot um, to cast for trout. Um, Brendan did actually catch a small uh, male trout. It wasn't that small, but look, his, his picture was quite... quite it, looked, it looked like a decent fish, but he it's caught it on... Picture. What's that? You're trying to say that Brendan's picture was potentially a bit misleading and it made it look bigger than it was? <laughs> oh, I thought it was a good fish, but anyways, that whole power bait message at 12 o'clock meant nothing because he caught the damn thing on a little lure. 
Yeah, right. So there you go. Joey, do you, do you actually know I went out fishing this week too? What, on the trout? <laughs> no. Because no, I have a little wager myself. It's a little secret wager, but I actually like to get the first snapper of the season between us boys. I did it last year secretly. And yes. And I did it again this year. Oh, I can't wait to hear about this. <laughs> How did your fishing go? And I actually don't tell the boys that I'm doing this. I did. I wait till I catch a fish and go, yes, I've done it. I've got the first one. <laughs> um, just quick, quickly, Keto One is saying get some more mics, fellas, but if I can uh, give you the tale of sorrow, about five seconds before we were going to go live, we discovered that one of the input ports in our switcher board... Channel 3's dead. <laughs> ...is actually dead. So the microphone over there with Joe, we've got, um, we've got four mics in here, so one each. So we've got one down at the moment. So that's why me and Joe are swapping microphones between each other. It's not ideal, but we were rebuilt. The show must go on. Yes. Yeah, so I like to get the first read of the season. And it actually didn't upset many people at all. I no, well, I wasn't jealous of you being out there in the freezing cold all night, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Joey was quite impressed because he goes to me, age, hey, what you got here? This is the classic Western Port starter pack. Do you want me to find you- a photo of this fish? Oh, yeah, I actually don't even have one. But he oh, goes, this I'll is the one. classic Western Port starter pack. Yeah, you got a six kilo gummy and a four kilo snapper. That's that's it's bloody beautiful. Just, just one of each. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You fish much in Western Port, Ryan? No. No? No. Port Phillip boy? Yep. And what's, it, your favorite, what's your favourite fish to catch? He, he lives 200 metres from the boat ramp, if that. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even go that far. I reckon yeah. about 50 metres. Yeah. I've got a question for you, Ryan. Did you do did you snapper season last year in Port Phillip? Yeah. Yep. How did you how did you rate it? Uh, you can be honest. It was no, it was actually like it was not too bad, I guess. There were a lot of lo- little fish, but other than that, it was, it was a, a shit year, just say. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, was it like um, you were like on on spots where there were small fish, and then you would get the odd big one, or, or what? Oh, oh my goodness! There's me holding this mega red. I've done it, guys. I've beat everyone. Yeah, here's a dark photo of Adrian holding a bloodied fish, yes. and you can see the sadness in his eyes. <laughs> you can from fighting through 26 stingrays, yeah. five gummy sharks, and well, some rock cod. Well, I'll, I'll actually tell you my total because it was actually not very pleasant. I actually went out onto Western Port. I go, you know what? I'm going to kick back with my beanbag on the tinny and I'm just going to go down to Coronella Way, put a spread out and just relax on this beanbag, look at the stars because it's a beautiful clear night. And it didn't turn out that way, Joe, because as soon as I put the rods, <laughs> as soon as I put the rods out, it was gummy shark after gummy shark after gummy shark. And I got to a point where, like, I've got to kill one of these. Who wants a gummy shark? And Joey put his hand up and goes, I'll have one. <laughs> now, you've, you gave Joe a bit of a test because <laughs> yes. we've discovered over the years that Joe never, ever philipped his own fish. I did. So, so what you I, gave what, it to him whole. <laughs> what I did is I, obviously, when you catch a gummy, you slit under its neck to bleed it and you rip the uh, guts out. And... And I chucked it straight in ice and I gave it to Joey the next day. I go, here, Joe, here you go, Joey. There's some lovely, beautiful fillets on this beautiful shark here. And he loved it. And I go, Joey, you eating that fish yet? Oh, yeah, Dad's cooking it up tonight. I go, oh, did you fillet it, did you? <laughs> and what happened? Well, I perfectly timed everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Well, it was Saturday. It was Saturday evening, the day before Father's Day, and I made some arrangements to see my family on Father's Day. And Adrian just lives five minutes up the road, so worked out beautifully. Had a ice down gummy. I was able to collect that and um, celebrate Father's Day with my dad and go, "Hey, Dad, <laughs> look what brought, look what I got you! Look what I got you! Some beautiful fresh fish for us to eat during the week." <laughs> so. Yeah, so I've, I've done that, tested Joey, had a beautiful time, won the snapper comp again on my own, and it's, it's, all, it's all done, and Dave loses another year. <laughs> I didn't know that was a competition. <laughs> like I said, I kept it to myself again, and I've done it again. <laughs> you know what, if I knew there was a competition, Adrian, I wouldn't have entered it, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Joey was actually really excited about the captures that I got. He, he even, because his motor's down on his little 420, and it made him get excited. He's like, I'm getting the motor for this 420. I'm, I'm going out catching these snapper. And Joey's about to explain what's happening here. No, no, we've, I've, I had Father's Day lunch, and while we were eating Father's Day lunch, um, I, was, I was sharing the success of your, your fishing trip. I said, Dad, Adrian, he absolutely had a fantastic trip. He got a snapper and a gummy, and we're going to eat his gummy and all of this. And he's like, and I said, and he said, Joe, Oh, we should have bought Adrian's motor. <laughs> I said, well, I told you, like, I was ready, like, because my dad and I, we've got a 420 Dory. It's about 2000, year 2000 hull. Um, it's had a 40 horsepower um, Mercury Force on it. It's been really good to us over the years, but it just, we ha- it's got problems that um, we can't get to the bottom of. Um, we changed the coils, we changed the stator. The, the last thing that needs to be changed is the CDI unit, which would be probably changing the whole motor. But look, after a uh, nice Father's Day lunch, Dad's given me clear instructions. He said, um, go to the Bocho this year and find a motor for our dory. Yeah, right. Well, Joe, you're going to be at the boat show anyway because we're going to be at the boat show broadcasting yeah. live. We're going to be live broadcasting, so make sure we get some new cables for this. <laughs> what do you reckon, Ryan? Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> he's, I'm, he's I'm really looking impressed. forward to moving the whole setup again after we've just got it set up. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> now, don't worry, I'm going to have it rigged up just where it's plug and play. So. Oh, I look forward to that. But it seems like every time I get here in the afternoon for a podcast, you're freaking out, wires everywhere. Well, we've done the big everywhere. move upstairs and it's been frantic. You've been in hard at work. We should actually take a little video up here because we've got walls, we've got stairs, we've got lighting. Yeah. So we've we just, got a heater. We just need a ceiling. We've got yeah. TVs, we've got monitors. We certainly do. We're we're very uh, busy here at Wind Against Tide. Yeah, we just need a roof yeah. and uh, we're pretty well sorted. But it's a uh, good job, Adrian. You've done a bloody ripper job there, mate. Oh, thanks, mate. Claps, 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 claps. Now, what do you got uh, for us, Davey? Oh, nothing special. But <laughs> okay. Um, so the yeah, I was going to touch on the boat show again. So we 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 we've got the stand at the boat show. Don't know if we've mentioned that one already, but uh, be good for uh, anyone who enjoys the show, or even if you don't enjoy the show, to pop down, uh, say good day. We're going to be grabbing people as they walk past to jump on and uh, podcast with us. We want to hear your story. We're going to have a bit of merch there, hopefully, and, and lots uh, of beer. Should be a good time. So twentieth. <laughs> So the 23rd of October, October? I think so, yeah, 20, October. yep. In, uh, it, uh, where is it again? It's at Docklands. Yep. This year, so. I think Ryan's going to be there showing off his, uh, his tuna 
everyone. Yeah, I walk in there with the tail, holding the tail like this. How's it going, mate? <laughs> That's a great God, fishing mate. story. I'm pretty sure there's going to be all your favourite fishing celebrities are going to be there. Yeah, I actually think. So, anybody know the preview of the lineup? Oh, what for the stage? We're not going on stage. We're doing our own thing. Like we, we're I, going rogue on I, this. Look, I saw Escape from ET is going to be there. I okay. saw um, Fishing with Fergie. You got Pete, Dean, and Joni going to be there. Anyone seen anybody else that's going to be there? Um, no, but refer to your boat guide <laughs> to find out who's going to be on the main stage because I think Charlie Mickleoff's actually organising that this year. So yeah, I'm sure, he's got some uh, great guests lined up. What about Shell? Michelle, I don't know if she's going on stage, but I'm sure she'll be there representing Worth and Black Magic and that sort of thing. So, Ryan, you live, you were saying at Pado River near Adrian. Yeah. So, I don't know if we answered this before. What is your favourite fish to catch? Would you say it's the big bluefin? No. No, no way. Not what, a barrel. No. What is it? Was that too painful for you, you reckon? Yeah. No, okay. it's like bringing a stingray up off the ground, the bottom, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So really, yeah. So, so what's more your kind of thing? You said before you recaptured a mulloway. Yeah. Was that was that near your house? Yeah, that was oh yeah, just at the bridge there at Patterson River. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but my favourite, oh, it's a hard one. Oh, <laughs> probably probably squid, squid whiting and snap, you know what? snapper. Squid is one of my favourite. Things to chase because it's fun. You have lots of banter with mates, and you just talk shit. And it can it can fire like this when and when you're desperate, like you guys were hating each other on that barrel trip, and then it all happened. Well, squid do that quite often, and, and then, it's what makes it fun. And it's very entertaining and competitive. They and, do, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as they start annoying you, you just point one at them, and they, <laughs> yeah, it squirts all over them, and then they're not happy with you again. <laughs> That's right, and then you end up like Adrian in this video that I'm about to play, where you get... Oh, he looks upset. Where you cop it. Go, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's queer. It's inky and watery. Mixed <laughs> <laughs> I co- it was like I was in a bukkake party there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it, it wasn't like pure ink. You like had the cocktail of water and ink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's what she said too. I, but has it, when, have, have we... We've had a podcast since... Our squidding adventures, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but the next day, week, yeah. actually, I went out and uh, and I, d- I went back back to the spot and extracted the rest of the pod. If, if you haven't seen our squid adventure, it's live on our YouTube channel and it's yeah, it's great. It's full of banter and lots of big squid. Yeah. Um, yeah so like, subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel because there's some great content going up, including Joey's bizarre adventure in. Exotic Thai pond. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I'm editing it, Joe, don't you worry. But, yeah, so I went out the next day after um, our last trip, which is uh, up on YouTube. You know, you know who um, Shane Lowry's favourite fishing celeb at their boat show is going to be this year? I think it might be King Kong, Donkey Kong Man. <laughs> it's all right? It's Joey. Joey. <laughs> the Southwest Dominator. <laughs> <laughs> he can't talk, Shane. He doesn't have a mic. He's had his mic privileges revoked. Um, but yeah, if you want to throw up a photo off my lappy there. So I backed it up. The next day after our trip, I went out with our, with our good mate Suraj. Can you press the Suraj button? Yeah, you got to hit the button, Adrian. That's a King Kong Donkey Kong. Yeah. King Kong Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah. So that is catch of the week, I'm saying. So, Ryan, you fish um, Port Phillip Bay a lot. You're yeah. not seeing squid this big, are you? No. <laughs> this. I'm- 
Look, that's a five foot man, but yeah. it's a, still a bit squeaky. Oh, well, <laughs> Port, Port Phillip Bay, you go down to uh, Davies Bay there, and they're all like 10 centimetre to 20 centimetre things, and yeah. you, you can fit 10 on your fingers, basically. Basically, snapper lollipops, I look at them, or, or <laughs> yeah. Mulloway lollipops, one of the two. That's ah. it. Sweeter, to the sweeter eating the smaller ones, Adrian. It's not all about size, mate. It's it's absolutely not. No, it is. Unless you catch a hundred pounder. <laughs> That's oh, you're not going to bring up your Mulloway again. Oh no, you just referenced yeah. it again. Yeah. You need a swear jar for every time you talk about your Mulloway. Um, yeah, so yeah, back out the next day, and the squid was still on. So um, myself, Suraj, and his mate Jeremy went out, and we got about another fifteen or so. Of those, um, we've probably have quite a few of them of that larger yeah. size class again. So definitely in that time of the year where the big squid are in Western Port and I've seen quite a few people getting into them, which is good. So well, exciting it, times. It definitely wasn't as much banter as our trip was there on your trip that you did a charter on. Because if you want a squid charter, right down on this live stream now and Dave will take you out. He's a charter operator. Well, we might do a few. You never yeah. know. We might. snapper season's around the corner. We've got one under our belt. We've got plenty of big squid, so it's on. We might come out of charter retirement and actually do a few this year. Leading you heard up that into... here first. Wind against tide charters happening. Yeah. We're going against sharkmen here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just a, we're just small fry. Uh, Dimmer's pretty good on the fish, isn't he, Joey? Joey's actually pretty good mates with uh, Dimmer. Joe's got no Mike. mic. Do you want the mic, Joe? You got Dimmer. Some? Not Mark, Dimmer. Oh. oh, not Dimmer, Marco, yeah. Marco. Yeah. That was true. Adrian's <laughs> yeah. confused. Yeah, I am confused. Dimmer's the other shark one skipper. Yeah. yeah. Good one. Yeah. Joey's mates with Marco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marco's a good fella. Um, got introduced to him, um, was it back in... Um, when was it? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 20, 2012, 2013. I did a stint at AFN um, Fishing Network. I was uh, between jobs. I got introduced to Justin Felix, who was, well, Justin was a high school mate of mine and he was good friends with Marco. And yeah, Marco, fantastic skipper, runs a great boat. And uh, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of talent on board by well, the sounds of it. I only well, met Ryan tonight. He's got a barrel king now. Yeah, on he's, board. he's got a barrel king on board. <laughs> I guess you can go there. Hey, Ryan, do you want to show the lure? If you hold your lure up to this camera here that's pointing at you, look at that beauty. So it's about an 11-inch bullet head and... It's a black peat. What would you call that colour? That's a... Uh, red bait. The I reckon that's a king brown colour. King brown, one, mate. What, a red bait. Yeah, king brown. <laughs> Come that on, one. mate. <laughs> Failed the test. Looks like a squid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An arrow squid. So it's replicating the old uh, famous uh, Helco King brown colour and it's uh, done the job, mate. They've even put like these little wings on it. Like, look at that. Yeah, mate. They're pretty popular, those little shiny wings. Yeah. Oh, do you think the fish care? Probably not. <laughs> that one did. Yeah. <laughs> that one liked the winged version. Yeah, very cool. Kind of a lure of the week there, by the way. We'll just throw that one Joey's in. Joey's top lure of the week. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Joey's segment that never really got off the ground. <laughs> All right, do we want to chuck, uh, go through a couple of reports, maybe, Adrian? Yep. Um, <laughs> welcome to the hookup. Very exciting times, Adrian. It is. Uh, so we're going to start off with the uh, East Gippsland report, as always, from Simon, who's been good enough to send one through. Okay, so the Gippy report. Not a great deal of fresh mail in the last seven days, but some good fish being landed in 
deeper section of Bem River around the Mahoganies on local fresh prawn and sandworms. Some reasonable sized salmon also landed close to the open entrance. Nicholson River is still producing quality fish with a few trying close to the highway bridge at night with success. Also some nice fish landed close to the river mouth. Trout season has opened and many locals have had a crack in the upper reaches of the Mitchell and Dargo rivers. Always a busy time with family groups camping and making a big weekend of it. A few EPs and small bass being landed on plastics around the Mitchell Highway now, do you bridge catch currently. EPs yourself down at the river? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, a few. Not oh, not really my specialty, but... They're top secret, Adrian. <laughs> he's not telling you. Oh, he's caught a few. I'm sure you use them for Mulloway bait. <laughs> Look no, at him. No, no, I know a mate that um, he's caught... He's caught EP, big EP, fishing for Mulloway, and I couldn't think anything worse. <laughs> Do you want to know a little uh, throwback here? Yeah. Years and years ago, right, a netter out of Coronella netted a massive Mulloway. Huh. And it was so big that it was, like, just amazing news to everyone because there hadn't really been many really big ones landed recreationally in Western Port. I think it was about 50 pound, something like that, maybe bigger, which was huge at the time. Oh, Absolutely. Now, Brendan yeah. actually went, he was so enamoured with this fish, he went and bought it off this netter, right? So he took it home because I guess he wanted to have a chat to the netter as well and get a bit of intel off him. So he took it home and he opened it up and in its stomach was estuary perch. Oh, there you go. So they do like eating estuary perch. Maybe that's what I had in the back of my mind when I asked him if he uses EP for Mulloway. Maybe. Because they definitely like it. Um, do you want me to carry on with my report? Yeah, keep going on your report. Sorry, I just thought I'd no, ask no, no. him if he's caught EP down at the river. No, you're, you're right, talking mate. about catching EP. No, you're a great presenter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, la- uh, large mixed school of mullet, tailor and small salmon in the strait. It pains while taking both lures and bait. Midday appears to be the best bite window. Newland's arm also producing a few bigger fish around the structure on plastics for persistent fishos. Several boats fishing the western grounds out of lakes scored on gummies last weekend, so only expect the traffic to increase with the warming weather. Not much else happening, but we're all looking forward to daylight saving starting and sneaking some trips in after work. Well, I can give you a report. There's a billion barrels out out front of Port Phillip Heads. <laughs> and Western Port. Yeah. And Portland. Yeah. And... I think down bloody Warnable. They're everywhere. Yeah, it's the plague everywhere. of barrels. And and speaking of these um, tuna, after speaking to the scientists, her data is suggesting that these fish are moving more east every year. It's her favourite song, The Scientist, by Coldplay. Yes. So potentially we could have a world-class fishery in our backyard within the coming years. Well, we already do. Did she... Did she mention why she felt that we were seeing these fish come through Bass Strait? Well, all she said was that the fish are moving more east every year, so what they were catching in the bite many, many moons ago, they're now in front of us, so... Very interesting. That's all I can take from that. Something to keep an eye on into the future. It certainly is. And um, our old Ryan, he's given up. He's caught one at 1.35 and he's like, nope, not for me. No, no, a little change. It'll, there'll be a few more, I reckon. Yeah. But yeah, no, you'll be back. Everyone oh, yeah. comes back. Joe loves it. He's always coming back for a bit of barrel action, aren't you, buddy? And yeah. and, and just another one in from the uh, Gippsland reports here. Mm. Um, there's new ramp work happening at Conran. 
It's happened. It started. It's actually started, has yeah, it? Yeah, Shane's just written in here and he's told us this. So this could be, uh, yeah, life-changing because it is a hell of a ramp. Well, I'll be surprised if... I don't want to be a pessimist here, but I'll be surprised if they do a good job of it. Yes. <laughs> it would need some serious work to keep that thing weatherproof down there. Absolutely. We want to, we'll move on to our Tassie report. Yeah. And I also do apologise if we get any feedback through the mics because uh, there's no roof on the studio yet, so it's straight to the factory roof and it's pissing down with rain here because uh, we live in Victoria and it's a hellhole. Hell yeah. So report in from Jonah. Over the past week the options for fishing in tassie has exploded with many different species now on offer for the initiate initiated i made a trip out of eagle hook neck on sunday launching at gentlemen's hours 12 30 p.m and headed straight to the hippolytes there didn't appear to be much life and bait fish around the usual landmarks but luckily we spotted a small bait ball getting worked by four seals ended up with a fat 30 kilo kilo school fish which is an odd size class f this time of year as well as losing another two. A few days after, another bloke in a small tinny went uh, out and managed a very nice 35 to 40 kilo school bluefin. The bluefin appeared to be feeding on red bait and mackerel, as well as a few baby arrow squid. In addition to the offshore action, uh, there has been a surprise run <laughs> of Atlantic salmon <laughs> in Tasmanian <laughs> waters. A surprise a run, run, you reckon? That's a loose way to put it, isn't it? Yeah. So... Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Ryan. In Tassie, uh, there's huge Atlantic salmon, uh, I guess, pens that are farmed in the Derwent River there, right at the back. And every now and then, there's a break through in the nets. And I I believe this time, 200 tonne have escaped. Which Joan is very excited about. Yeah, Um, and 200 tonne of fish, that's a lot of fish escaping. So 20,000 fish, he's saying. Yeah, yeah, and they're all weighing up to six kilo. Right. So, that, so you've it, done the maths on yeah, that, I've done, yeah? the, I've done the maths. You've done the maths. But anyway. Did he catch one? Well, he, well he's what, what you can do in Tassie, because this is part of a recreational fishing licence, um, you're, you're able to obtain a net, and you're allowed to set nets to catch these fish. Um, is it because they're introduced? No, you can do that for any fish. <laughs> it's not just salmon. So They're just relentless down there. Yeah. <laughs> So Jonah's dusting off all his netting equipment. It, you don't even understand how excited he is about this. He, well, he, he's still he eating. counts it as money. He goes, that's $500, that's $400 when, when these fish swim into his net. <laughs> is this? I think I've got a photo of one of these escaped fish. Do you? Yeah. Is that it? Is that yeah, one of them? That looks like a brown oh, trout. No, that's, no, no, that's no, an Atlantic that's salmon. salmon. Oh, there you go. Salmon. Yeah. Well, that's a big dog. Yeah, I think that's one Jonah sent. So he said they're all between, you know... Up, right up there with six kilo or something. Well, that's a fuzzy screen, but I think it says six point something kilos there on there. Well, that's a mega dog. They're real fat boys. And could you imagine eating six kilo of uh, Atlantic salmon? That's a lot of salmon. So they'll be appearing around the inshore bays and estuaries, which is exciting news for a select group of fishers as they begin to scramble to make the most of these fish. Yeah. Local Tassie Wind Against Tider James Salmonator Robinson managed 15 of those horse salmon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I think that's yeah. where that photo is from. Over two nights with fish averaging seven to nine. Oh, there you go. Seven to nine kilo each. Yep. Okay. This is classic Jonah with an estimated value of around $150 per fish. Yeah. I, I just got to say quickly, one of my favorite, you know, during the week healthy meals is to have crispy skin Atlantic salmon. Like 
that like Adrian was saying, they've got those um, pens down in uh, in Tassie there, and I'm sure it was definitely one of Coles's pens that got a break in it, and those and those salmon got out. But I love uh, salmon, crispy skin salmon with like vegetables and uh, chips. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's another sure. foodman tip for Joey. Good old Coles salmon pens. Well, I think that- well, it's funny you say that because when the when the price goes up, um, Coles and Safeways have locked prices, contract prices for these salmon. So it's not going to affect Coles and Safeways, but it'll affect a lot of the fishmongers because they don't have locked in contract prices. Right. Yeah. A bit of ins- industry inside knowledge. It is, because I do a lot of fishmongering too. Well, I work with a lot of fishmongers, so I hear all the intel. And no doubt uh, salmon will be <laughs> on the price rise, like the fuel. Oh, God. It's on its way up again, I think. No, it's not yet. No, it's but I heard it is. I just saw. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, James was using his secret square hook rig, which appeared to do the job well. Must be an inside joke there. Another angler some 30 kilometres upstream from the main run managed to hook and land one of these fish today while spinning with a sinking stick bait off the rocks. So they're on the move, is what we're saying there. Yeah, fantastic. And that's uh, the extent of the report there from Jonah. Well, did you get a picture of um, his tuna? Because he went tuna fishing as well. Yeah, no. Uh, on the back of um, these tuna reports. and He did send me one and I forgot to save, save it. And he's... Left in a bit of a scenario where he wants to chase barrel squid or these um, large schoolfish because he went, he ended up going tuna fishing on the back of a report of 30 to 40 kilo fish getting caught and he chose that instead of squid fishing. So he took his partner Helen, who's part of the Syro uh, research team, and um, yeah, so she caught this bloody big fish. I think it was about 35 kilo or something. Was oh it, no, you've gone too early. I haven't got it ready yet. Well, you but haven't got it ready. I'm about to. Oh, no, something's <laughs> happened. You know me and technology, Adrian. Yeah. Hang on, I'm sending it again. D- Dave's struggling to uh, get this uh, picture of this tuner up, which I'll have up any second oh, now. It's a, com- it's a contest now. So now, here, when it, we do get this photo up here. eventually. So oh, I've got it up here, and bastard. there's the Hippolyte rocks in the background. You know that photo is not of a tuner. That photo is not of Helen. That photo is not of Hippolyte rock. <laughs> the photos of his new motor. Yes, it actually is. So he got the gunshot Dave's old boat fitted with a 225. Yeah, it's a V6 Merc, yeah. yeah He's very it, excited about it, it. It's an absolute rocket ship. This thing goes about 90k an hour. This little 17-foot boat. <laughs> Can you imagine that, Ryan? Well, oh, he, really. he's got an Eden craft just like you do, Dave. And yeah. um, you've got a 250 Yamaha on it. And how fast does this boat go? Oh, about 75 to... Yeah, about 75. 75k an hour. What about your Edencraft, Dave? With the, uh, well, it t- used to do 75. With, when with, you had a Suzuki 250 on it? Yeah, or a little bit more. And yeah. now it does 85. And that's with the 250 V8 Mercury. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. It's quick enough. <laughs> Definitely quick enough. Hey, Adrian, Cato yeah. wants to know... Because uh, you actually have history history with Tassie. Is, uh, he's going to Tassie in November. Where's a good land-based spot? Oh, so when I used to go down there a lot when I was a, when I was a young little Padawan there. <laughs> a young little fellow? <laughs> yes. Um, I used to live down there. Oh, my old man used to live down there in Sandy Bay. And in Sandy Bay, there's a beach there that has a nice big drop-off. And you literally walk 
on the beach and there's a drop-off that goes down to about, oh, from 500 mil, uh, f- half a metre to two metres. And you literally stand on that back and cast metal slugs there and you'll catch a, as many Aussie salmon as you like. There you go, Kato. Um, and also Sandy down... Bay in Hobart. Here's probably the only thing I know is the jetty off Pirates Bay at Eagle Hawk Neck. The squid they are going crazy there. Also, if you go down further south to South um, South Arm, Cremorne, there's good squid fishing there as well off the rocks and heaps of oysters off the rocks too if you want to feed yourself. In November, there might still be some escapee salmon kicking around too if you go <laughs> yeah. spin some lures in the Derwent or well, wherever they are. Well, fisheries officer Jonah reckons these salmon will only live for another couple of months. Yeah, because they're too dumb talented in the wild. So you've got to pick them up. Do you reckon that's what it is? Yeah. They're so used to – I thought it might be the salinity levels as they get further out the river might freak them out and cause some kind of no, because they see run naturally anyway. Yeah, but because – Aren't the pens in the ocean? They are further down the Derwent. But the, the more you go to the ocean, the greater the salinity levels, isn't it? I thought they were literally in the ocean. The oh, pens. I thought they were in right down the uh, Derwent River. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> None I'm of sure us know Jonah, anything. Jonah will uh, correct us. Yeah. You been um, down to Tassie? Me? Nah. Too cold. <laughs> too oh, cold. Actually, Melbourne's colder, but yeah. still. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it's not even much colder than here. <laughs> it's, they're both cold. Uh, Rip-off records reckons. Yeah. Big, here's a tip for you, Adrian. Big Mulloway cruise the beaches towards the weed beds at uh, Flinders to Shoreham on dusk. Flinders to Shoreham, Big Mulloway. Hey. That's, there's some good squid grounds there, actually, in that area he's talking about. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, good squid and whiting grounds. Well, uh, Memphis told me, I was supposed to put this in the report Memphis. last week from online. Yeah. Fishing tackle. Hooked online. What's it called? Online tackle. Fishing spot on. Online. They're actually spot on. These They're, guys. Yeah. Fishing yeah. online. There you go. Sorry, guys. I forgot the name briefly. <laughs> um, he got on the whiting down there at Shoreham about yeah. a week ago. So. Oh, very good. There you go. There's my whiting report done for the year. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, still running through the reports, I guess, are we? We kind of are. Um, yeah, you still got more reports, no, do you? Oh. Not really. I've, re- I've got Big Squid written down, oh. which we've already talked about. Yeah. So that wraps up the fishing. You got any fishing reports, Ryan? Caught anything <laughs> other than giant tuna? Or me or someone else I know? Or yeah, no, just whatever, mate. Yeah, uh, what, what tickles your pickle? We'll go, so Marlon Blackford and Jack Anderson with their 95 kilo barrel Yep. Oh, congratulations, Sunday. Blackie. Six Blackie metre Junior. Jack. Six metre Jack. And, and six mini metre Blackie. Jason. Yeah. Oh. Lots of barrels, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Dimmer, Dimmer as well. Dim, Dimitri. Can't say his last name. I'm not even going to try. Darfuka. No, I can't either. Close enough. Yeah, he got he got a nice barrel as well. Yeah, so uh, I think Dimmer's had a great season. He's probably caught four or five yeah. locally as well. That's more than us, Dave. Oh, no. We better go again. <laughs> um, yeah, so lots of tuna. Oh, and also the snapper up off Coronel. Adrian managed to catch one, so there must yeah. be heaps of them. Yeah, yeah. I'm a gun <laughs> when they're out on the bite. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I was got a... The only I've got to grind my gears there, Adrian, but oh dear. I kind on. of already complained about it. Uh, let's go back. to Peter Griffin for You Know What Really Grinds My Gears. Thanks, Tom. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> right, we had a bit of a... The, the mic wasn't the only thing that went tonight. We had a, an issue with the uh, one of the cables. 
Oh, yeah. The HMI cables. And I was like, oh. I was freaking out. I'll take one for the team. And I raced down to Frankston, which is 10 minutes away. Just made it back in time for the podcast. I went to JB Hi-Fi. Now, this is the worst (laughs) set-out store of all time, isn't it? Well, the cables aren't all in the cables. There's random things placed in random spots. Now, I ended up having two employees Mm -hmm. take about 10 minutes to find this cable for me, searching from top to bottom of the store, Adrian. Yeah. If they don't know where stuff is in their own store, how are we supposed to know? (laughs) I don't know. You got thoughts on that, Joe? Um... Well, you, you got the job done. You, you, you got the you got the cable back. To we're, the, we're all running. Yeah, we're, we're nice all and smooth. We got there in the end, but anyway. But I do have a grinds my gears. And yeah, oh, oh. hit the button, Adrian. No, we've already hit it, Joey. What's your grind my gear? Yeah, I'm just gonna put it put it out there. Um, it's it's so awesome to see a steady stream of local barrels come in. I'm really excited when I'm in my busy work day and seeing that everyone's enjoying these amazing fish. You, you know what I, what kind of grinds my gears about the barrels? Why do you have to put local in front of a barrel? Yeah, you just, you just, you just snubbed, <laughs> just so you snubbed went, me. You caught a barrel. That's what, I, that's it. And that's my, that's my grinds gears. Um, it just says local on the, the board up at the gantry. Like we've had such a steady stream of these fish. Um, like, let's just say the location. Um, you know, it was Cape Patterson. Was it Woolamai? A launch was off Hastings. Hastings. Well, that, that doesn't do, do much, but, like, we should be... I think if we were disclosing the locations, it doesn't have to be exactly. It has to be, you know, an area, but that might encourage more people to come down and try for these fish as well. I can see it as a good thing, not a bad thing. I know it's an amazing capture... Um, to have it's an achievement but they are pelagic fish and quite often we talk about this on this podcast the barrel size tuna they might be in one spot one day and they could be you know 40 50 70 k's down the coast the next day i just think it'd be really cool to say on the gantry shot um (laughs) just some rough location doesn't have to be the gps coordinates oh traditionally you just write the port that you launched at on the on the board. Yeah, but I'm just, a specific location would be great. Gunnamatta, Flinders, <laughs> Cape Shank, Woolamai. Joey's would quite Would you like GPS marks with that, Joe? <laughs> there you go. He wants your middle numbers, guys. That's basically what's grinding his gears. He goes, I'm not getting enough middle numbers. Please give them to me. So there you go, Andrew Page, <laughs> Waymaster of Hastings. Joe would like for you to write on the board Hastings instead of local. No, that- he, wants, he wants like... Oh, quarter off gonna matter. Gonna matter. That's what he wants on the board. That's day. not how it works, Joe. If you go to Portland and you catch it off Bridgewater, you don't write Bridgewater on the board, you, do you? You write where you launch from. You write where you launch from. You port. I think we should write Hastings because the pictures go international and people are like, what the hell's local mean? Jack, Jackie Anderson's <laughs> giving his middle numbers. He's saying 36-34. Punch him in, Joey. <laughs> He's punching <laughs> him in. <laughs> I, I can only imagine where that might take us. Probably not a barrel spot. <laughs> no, um, it's probably the old male. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, are you going to sing the uh, the intro song to the the uh, question segment? Wait, you, didn't you write something? Hit me with your questions or something. Uh, we get, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it, mate. Yeah, no, we'll Joey. Come on, mate. We want a live version of it. Oh, here we go. Joey's got a song for us. Hit me with your questions. <laughs> 
Why don't you hit me with your questions? <laughs> he's, he's not liking it. <laughs> hit me with your questions. <laughs> oh, fire away. <laughs> I wasn't ready for he's, that. Ryan's um, really embarrassed by Ryan, the did you know there. that Joe's an actual musician? Can you guess that he's not the vocalist? <laughs> he's, he slaps the bass. He's the bass guitarist. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> they let him do some backing sometimes, don't yeah. they, Joe? You yeah. do some backup singing. Yeah, yeah. yeah some little, a few songs. Little, little random noises. I'm getting attacked by a mozzie. Uh, yeah, so we've had most of our questions come through on the uh, live feed, but um, there's a couple there on Insta. Well, I've got, I don't know, you might have more there, Adrian. Mine was playing up. But uh, Harry Top Taylor wants our opinion on downrigging for Snapper. You tried that, Ryan? Down rigging, yeah, yeah, yeah with no, uh, bibs, lures, and stuff. Never heard of that. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was like a, a Lee Rayner made that one famous a few years ago, didn't he? He was doing that. I th- yeah, um, I back. think he did in Port Phillip Bay. Down rigging for him. Joe wants to say something into my mic. Yeah, um, yeah, great question. I I haven't tried down rigging for snapper, but last season I I was on a fishing trip where we fluked a snapper. Um, in Western Port, where um, I was fishing on a friend's boat, and our anchor wasn't holding um, near the near the shipping channel. We're not supposed to anchor in the shipping channel, but we were off to the side, and the anchor wasn't um, holding. And um, yeah, he just had a whiting rig out, and um, we were we'd actually been drifting down the channel, and we cooked a four and a half kilo snapper. So haven't down rigged for them, but I I do know that it is popular. When I told a few friends about this, it is popular to actually uh, drift down the channel and try to catch snapper. Yeah, right. I um. So you're saying because you drifted, you were trolling? Because <laughs> your anchor pulled? Well, that's what I was going to say. It's basically like soft plastic fishing. You're basically just lifting a bit of plastic off the bottom while you're drifting. But you're <laughs> using a downrigger to keep a bibbed lure down there. It's basically the same thing, isn't it? No, no. It's different, but... <laughs> Who do you know who's yes. downrigged? Yeah, yeah, not a lot of people do it. But uh, apparently it's a well-used technique up further north, up the Gold Coast and stuff. A lot of guys do it up there. Yeah, I reckon you'd want them to be pretty active. Um, probably like a warmer, when the water's a bit warmer and they're a bit more aggressive. Um, probably your best shot for that sort of thing. Jack Anderson reckons he caught a snapper on a jig while trying to catch cooter for his bait in Western Port. Yeah, I did. I, I had a session... Um, where we had all salmon and stuff busting up and we were dropping uh, metal jigs under the, the salmon and catching pinkies. Yeah, but, but um, pinkies under the workup, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. There is another question. Uh, someone saw a tall, lanky dude going through the bins at the boat ramps, <laughs> grabbing tuna frames. You lads know anything about this? Well, we now know that Dave's new nickname is called Dave the Bin Scab. Yeah, but that wasn't me, obviously. I'm not lanky. <laughs> Very well proportioned. <laughs> Must have been someone else. <laughs> Keep an eye out, people. How do you feel you've been called lanky? Paul lanky. <laughs> I've been called a lot worse. No, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but, yeah, no, everyone needs to be really wary. There's some shifty people hanging around boat ramps, going through bins. There absolutely is. Definitely not me. Uh, Jonas sent through a question for you, Adrian. Yeah. If you didn't run your own refrigeration business, oh, mm-hmm. that's what you do. Ah. I thought you just built podcasting studios. I do. What job would you have? <laughs> what job would I have if I wasn't a refrigeration mechanic? 
You know what? Love the thought of being a professional gambler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. Imagine going down to um, Crown Casino there, just going to the roulette table and go, $10,000 on black. Yeah. And it lands on red and you go, ah, that was cool. <laughs> I suppose I basically do that when I go barrel fishing yeah. Gamble a tank well, of fuel basically that's what you're doing And basically when, whenever you go fishing for glory It's all about gambling Yeah And with food, you know You can chase stuff inland uh, Like whiting and squid And you're almost 100% chance of getting A, a, getting fish, a, feed. a feed to eat, yeah but if you go chasing these large um, bluefin tuna, yeah, it's a bit of a gamble. Well, it is, yeah. Um, so he wanted to put that question out to everyone. <laughs> what would your ideal job be if you're not doing it already? I think Joe's kind of – would it be, it'd be gigging, yeah, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's I, I already do that, so like, – I, I play music on the weekends. I also do real estate. But if, if those things didn't happen, I would love to just actually be a chef. <laughs> chef. A, no, honestly, I'd like to be like a, a chef in a great restaurant. Dave's just laughing here. He loves the um, response of a Joey. No, I'm laughing at Shane's yeah. and that's not, how you, <laughs> that's not how professional gambling works, Adrian. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they get professional. If they just drop 10K oh, and that's, lose every time. That's right. <laughs> um. And Kato reckons someone bet 48k on Richmond to win. So if you weren't one. a landscaper, what would you be doing? You're quite young already, so you've got a, a lot of life in front of you. Nah, fishing. Uh, <laughs> like working, fishing. On the, working on the charter, be a skipper or something. Yeah, you love it? Yeah, it's better than, better than landscaping. It's too hot on the back. <laughs> so are you, is that, are you a people person? You enjoy helping people catch fish? Or is it more the actual being on the water and... and and enjoying that aspect of it? Nah, both. Both yeah. by far. Like, yeah, you get good customers all the time and then you get ones that just, they're shitty. Like, you what, know. What, yeah, what, what, what have the shit ones been what's like? What's the worst customer? The worst customer? Oh. Don't have to say a name. And what's their name? I was going to go off what I remember. Like, this was this year, actually. Like, because yeah. I can't remember many bad ones. This, this year. Oh, it was a bad we, snapper season. You would have had a lot of people panicking, like, are we going to catch fish or not? Oh, no, this one was actually because we bagged out this one. So, yeah, we, so we went to this spot and there was three of them. They booked the boat, only three. And um, so we get to this spot, we're sitting there 15 minutes, 20 minutes. That was, we bagged out, done and dusted, bagged out them three, me and the skipper. So what's that? It's, uh, <laughs> 15 fish in about half an hour, 45 minutes. Yep. And then, yeah, they were all happy, happy. We get back to the ramp. They're like, oh, yep, to eat. Like, thanks for that and all this. About half an hour later, the boss rings up and goes, Marco rings up and goes, what happened? They've just left a bad review that you bagged out too fast and all this. And we're like, <laughs> we're like this doesn't happen all the time. Like, how can you be upset about that? Like, yeah. Yeah. if they wanted to have the full five-hour experience and different story, like, we would have just taken to all the bad marks and then gone to the... <laughs> The best mark for the last, for the last like twenty minutes to bag out. But so you were too successful for your own good. Yeah, like it's, it clearly states in the um, description that 
once we're back, like we can't we can't release because they're air bladders. Yeah, which I think that. is responsible. I yeah. think that's very responsible approach at things, especially when you're trying to protect such a um, species of fish that live quite long and they take quite a long time to um, breed. Yeah, well, um, they they really don't go well when they're courting anything more than like eight twelve meters. meters. Yeah, eight meters um, with the barotrauma. So to keep catching and releasing just to fill your five hours in some. It's not, it's not really responsible fishing. Absolutely so I not. say uh, good policy. Yeah, and um, <laughs> what? Ryan, Paul Ryan here got bagged out for it. For oh, yeah, out. exactly. <laughs> but otherwise, uh, you, you've had mostly good, good interactions with your customers. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, there's some real – like you get – like especially snapper seasons, the one that I do the most – there's always like um, work breakup and like all yeah. that, and like they're all best mates working together. Like they're all on the just, beers. Yeah, taking the piss out of each other on the beers. They just want to go out for like a day on the water, and then they catch the, like one snapper, and they're all going ballistic. <laughs> they're like, it's unreal. Like yeah, because really they already good. don't care about the fish. They're just there to get drunk. Yeah. Basically, so, <laughs> any yeah. fish is a bonus. So they're probably the best customers to have. I'd say. Yeah, it's really good to have them on board, and then like you get the yeah. the the ones that always come out. What's that called? The the regulars. Yeah, the regulars. That <laughs> yep. one. Yeah, we get a few. The Sirages. Adrian's a regular for me. Oh He's God, no! He's coming fishing all the time. I've not been up. on that blue boat in a long time. <laughs> you actually haven't. I freaking love that blue boat. Yeah, she's a good vessel. The old uh, the old extreme. Yeah, so I think we've run for. Quite a long yeah, an time hour and tonight. 25 minutes, but, so um, yeah. we're doing well. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, Ryan. Um, when we do get these results in from the scientist lady, Adrian's mate. Yep. Um, Naomi. Naomi. From Cyro Hobart. We're yes. going to have you and your crew here on the casting couch. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a casting, casting couch and we're going to have working mics and working cameras and it's going to be a great episode. Mate, that was... Uh, Bit of a small slice of hell before we started podcasting tonight. But, yeah, thanks for sticking with us, Ryan, and, um, and yeah, we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure having you on and listening to your stories, and it's been quite amusing. Joe, I'm giving you a microphone to sign out to the rest of the world with. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. You want to say uh, goodbye to all your mates there, Ryan? Oh, see you later, guys. Thanks for having me. And say, been don't, a blast. don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to Wind Against Tide. There you go. Like, comment, subscribe to Wind Against Tide for all the fishing reports. <laughs> and, and, all the the, all the and the banter. And the banter. <laughs> Hit my button. What's up, you bloody legends? Thanks for listening to Wind Against Tide again. That's it for another episode. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You'd be doing us a massive favour. Hey, Thanks, everyone. Guys. Winger made it alive, he just told me. <laughs>